With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to an episode of Mulby on the spot that features the main man himself, Jan Mulby, but no Trev this week, so I'm sitting in for Trev. I'm Jim Boardman, and I'm really looking forward to this, a chance to speak to the great Dane himself. Only problem with that is, I'm not sure the stuff we're going to talk about is the stuff we want to talk about, because, well, last time you were on, you were planning, looking ahead to the next Liverpool game, which was against Chelsea. You had us down as favourites, Jan, and, well, we didn't lose. I suppose that's one way to look at it. Yeah, good evening, Jim. Uh, it's not as easy as it used to be, is it, talking about Liverpool? No. We just re- used to roll off the tongue from one game to another. We couldn't play enough games three a week. We loved it, you know. Uh, yeah. and, and, and now, really, because we don't know what to expect. It's as no. almost if, you, you know, the games scare you, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and obviously, the next one we got is is, uh, is no different. Uh, no. But you mentioned the one last week, Chelsea. I thought would have been at home, had a slight favourite, but it was another one of those in a head scratcher uh, for mm. last part of the game. She kind of go, wow, didn't quite see that one coming. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we were sort of looking at it as the way it was kind of being built. It was like whichever team loses has completely lost out on getting near the Champions League places. Um, although some would have argued they were struggling to do that anyway. But a point apiece means, well, we're a point closer. Both sides are a point closer in a way, but kind of two points behind as well in, in terms of where we could have been. Is it, um, have we got to the stage yet where we've written the Champions League hopes off? Yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, you are still very reluctant to write off Liverpool uh, because you look at it and you go, what does it require? Well, it requires the one thing that this group of players have, have done consistently over the last five years, which is put a run of, of wins together. Yeah. Uh, so still, you are reluctant to, to, to completely write it off. Uh, we've also got things, we've got loads of things going against us, but we've also got things going for us. Uh, and we've got players coming back. Uh, the transfer window isn't quite finished yet either, so mm. that might still th- throw us a bit of a curveball, isn't it? And then I still look at Darwin Nunez and think, surely, you know, it's 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 going to happen soon, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I'm not suggesting that he's going to be scoring at the rate that, that Holland is at Manchester City, but I just think that if he can get to a rate of maybe a third of his chances, you know, get himself a few goals. So there is still things that makes me think, 
And then, of course, I, I look at the top teams and Manchester United at the moment are looking strong, uh, but they're also involved in a lot of competitions. Uh, yeah. And they do tend to more or less play the same players every game. So I don't know whether they're going to last home. Newcastle, they've hit a little bit of a flat spot, not in terms of conceding goals, because they're not conceding goals, are they? But I also think that's been a bit, a bit of a, a an issue for them, con- not conceding goals, because their games have been about not conceding goals anymore, isn't it? They're not as tack-minded mm. as, as they have been. So I, I don't know whether they're going to be able to put enough points together. So there is still things to play for. Having said all of that, there's a lot of teams in between us and Manchester United, isn't it? Mm. Who, who've got to make a bit of a mess of it, isn't it? But So let's not forget, it, it doesn't feel like it, does it? But we're halfway through. There's a long way to go. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it feels, it's kind of an un even season because the World Cup wasn't even slap bang in the middle it was kind of less than halfway through so there was more than half of the season to go yet so your kind of instincts are at Christmas you're kind of halfway through but we weren't there was, you know, there was so much football we've not played and so much to come and I think something we kind of always forget because especially with us being so heavily involved recently with with title battles with Man City where you can't put a foot wrong you know a, a point you know a couple of points dropped is, is like practically the end of the world is that in a normal season, every team has a bit of a run of bad games. And that's my hope as well. That's another bit of a positive, I think, that there's a chance that all the teams in front of us are going to have their run of bad games at some point. And that's the kind of thing that opens it up for you. And in a way, being behind, I don't know, I've seen it before. It's probably like that season Liverpool were way out of the, the, the title race in the 80s and then ended up winning it. You know, at Christmas, they were way out, ended up winning it by Christmas. And it's that, and I've seen it with Arsenal as well. I think Arsenal were being written off when they were one of the last times they won the league because they'd got games in hand in their case, but they were well behind, but they just quietly went about their business and just slowly overtook anyone. It's like the tortoise and the hare in a way. It's um, So we're not going to win the league, but there's, I think there's definitely cause for optimism. And Darwin, as you said, you know, he's had, he's had he's, you know, for one thing, coming to a new club, new country, that's not going to be easy for any player. We kind of take that for granted. But then, you know, he's had injuries, he's had a suspension, he's just not been able to get a decent run. And I just feel that once he gets that run, you know, because he smiles every time he every time he misses a chance. The thing I love about him is he just turns around and he's smiling. You know, he's not down. His head never goes down. He just keeps coming back and coming back. And I think with that attitude, you know, that coming back to just keep trying, he's going to get it, isn't he? He's just going to get there and start hitting the net. And it's such a danger. And even if he's not scoring, he must put the the fear of God into the defenders. Oh, there's no doubt about that. But I, I, you make a couple of good points, Jim, in terms of. Darwin, it's it's kind of he's looking and he's going, yeah, but just wait, you know, I I I, I will have my moment uh, in the sun. And also in terms of the teams that we're competing against right now, we've been up against City, which is basically two and a half points a game, yeah, yeah, and that's a lot. We're now up against a team like Spurs, who before their win on Monday had got ten points in the last ten games. Mm. So it's slightly different challenges. So. Yeah. Could you win six, seven, eight on a bounce? You'll make massive inroads uh, on on. Well, I guarantee if you win six or seven on the bounce, you'll be in the top five uh, because you're not competing against teams who are taking two and a half points per game. So that in itself is a is a positive, isn't it? But there is loads of reasons, and there is more and more Liverpool fans who are finding more and more difficult to believe that it's going to happen because of what we see week week after week. Uh, and the Chelsea game was no different, uh, apart from that 15 minute spell. It was an effect, and it, Klopp, Klopp always believes at halftime. Some managers make changes. Klopp doesn't because Klopp always believes that he can make a change in those 15 minutes mm. by either motivating them or making a t- tactical change. And we saw that on Saturday against Chelsea. I believe all he did was motivate them. 
and he's going, yeah. come on, get out there, we're better than this. And we showed it for 15 minutes, isn't it? But it quickly be- became back to what it was. And so 75 minutes of the game on Saturday was not very good. I know, and that's that's another thing as well. I was just thinking when when back when you were in a and I'm addressing room around field at half time with a nil nil scoreline that you really wanted to win. There'd have been a queue of coaches and people ready to actually try different things to motivate you, wouldn't there? There would have been the shouters, that the arm around the shoulder type, the bit of everything, and it kind of all wouldn't have fallen on the managers to do it. And I wonder maybe it was maybe he's maybe clock taking on too much sometimes with all of that. I mean, he's the best motivator I can think of. The days when we needed to bring in. Um, was it Dr. Steve Clark to do motivation for our players just to get the, the mindsets right? I think that's gone because Klopp's a great motivator. But I don't know, at times, do you think he needs sort of um, a Ronnie Moran figure around him that's just going to do the dishing out of the verbals to get these players moving? Well, you know, whatever you say about Ronnie, and, and, and the one thing I think we can all agree on with Ronnie is that he was old-fashioned. Uh, mm. But of course he was old-fashioned because he was brought up uh, with football in the 50s and 60s. So he had a lot of old-fashioned uh, beliefs, uh, yeah. which, 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 when we were at Liverpool at that time, sometimes you think. But I think when you look back, ninety percent of everything he did made sense, mm-hmm. often in a very simple way, but yeah. it made a lot of sense, isn't it? Uh, and I always felt that you'd come in a dressing room, and for a period, our manager was our player manager, wasn't it? so he was always limited to what impact Kenny would have while he was still playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always felt that the biggest impact was always when Ronnie came and sat next to you. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and a license with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. You know, that 10-15 seconds where he would sit next to you and just mm. give you something that he'd... He wouldn't do that 40 times a season. He would do that every now and again. And it didn't matter who he decides to sit next to. And he even did it when Kenny, Kenny was the manager. Sometimes he would just go and sit next to Kenny, you know, put his hand on his, his leg and just say something, isn't he? You know what I mean? It had an impact for, for, for all of us, isn't it? So does everybody need a running run? Almost, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, as you say as well, about the detail, you knew it, with the details, and that's the thing about the, the boot room as, as was, you know, the, the absolute, absolute detail they had. There's no computers. It was all written in notebooks or all up here, but there was so much detail. And I think that's another another positive, I think, for the side is that we have got a lot of analysts, a lot of coaches, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people in the game who understand it. And, you know, they're going to start spotting, I think, the tweaks that each player needs, and they can sit and work with those players and just start to find improvements. It's, you know, it's, it's such a complicated game at times, yet for such a simple game. But I think, you know, that that's my feeling, that we've got improvements can be made. And I've seen it time and again with Klopp that things have gone through spells where it's not been right. Maybe maybe only once to this sort of extent. But it's as if that's what that's a challenge then, and he finds the way. But, you know, Chelsea, I think, are one of our, you know, they're also not going through a great time. And this is another thing with the game at the minute as well, is it feels like, is there going to be a shift in power with Arsenal at the top? Is it... You know, it's it's dangerous to not be left behind, and so that's getting everyone worrying because we're in the transfer window, as you mentioned, 
and it's ticking down. Is it um, is it vital that Liverpool go out and buy a midfielder this window, or is there a risk that that would be a panic buy, which we kind of did as last window closed and we brought the player in on loan that we get to see actually play any any sort of real football at all. Is it is it important we sign a midfielder or are we better just making do with what we've got and getting the right one in the summer? Well, it, it, it obviously depends on how confident we are uh, in terms of what the what plans we have. Uh, and, and I do believe we have some fairly big plans for next summer yeah. uh, and how confident we, we are that we can still pull that off. If, if we still think we're in a position to do, uh, and I believe it's more likely to be two high-profile midfield players than one, if we still think we can pull that off, then I can live with us not getting somebody in January. Because I think what we learned, Jim, is that our long-term planning, it's, it's difficult to knock, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I think our long-term planning has been been, been almost foot-perfect. Yeah. Uh, but our, sh- our short-term planning is not the same quality, is it? Uh, we've been forced a couple of times to dip into a loan market. Uh, and let's not forget that when you... You're buying players, in the end, you end up spending on the players that you want. You loan players, you tend to end up with the players that you can get, yeah. which, is a totally, which is a totally different ball game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so what do we need? We need a player who can do A, B, and C. Uh, you know, who is that? Well, we can't get them, we can't get them. So it is difficult, isn't it? So I've never, ever, and I also think almost, there is almost football clubs that are too big, to make loan signings, and, and I think we fall into that category. I think Manchester United fall into that category. Is that no, we're too big. It's short-term solutions that mm. help lesser clubs when they're in difficulties, isn't it? But we sort of rise above it, isn't it? And the loan market has definitely not been a friend to Liverpool over the years, isn't it? So I can easily live with if we decide to go. Listen, we can't get what we want. In fact, we can't get anywhere near what we'd like. So, so maybe, maybe, maybe just leave it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I've seen us do sort of emergency loan signings. Maybe we, we I can't remember the name, but we brought a keeper in one, one January. Paul Jones. That's right, Jones. yes. Yeah, you know, we brought and, in Paul Jones, didn't we? And that's the kind of thing that you want, because with all due respect, unless you know for sure that you're, you know, you're, <clears throat> you're sort of young keeper, your reserve keeper, if you like, is, is up to the job and, you know, has got everything that it takes to, to step into that position. If you've got injury problems, then you, you want someone with experience, I think, and I can accept that. But you're right, if... You know, I, I'm trying to think what kind of players are going to be wanting to loan players to us. What kind of clubs are going to want to loan players to us and why? You know, that's the other side to it. You're thinking, well, you know, it's someone that they can't get rid of, they can't sell, they just want him off the wage bill a bit and we're just helping them more than we're helping ourselves. Um, one player that's been mentioned a little bit and there's a big article now on Anfield Index about him, um, which I think people should go and have a read if they've got five minutes, a really in-depth article. And it was written by... Um, I might get this pronunciation wrong. I'm terribly sorry. Toka Mollet-Thalard. I'm sorry if I'm hopeless there with my uh, Danish pronunciations. But the player he's um, he's scouted for is Jesper Lindstrom. Now, I get the feeling you'll know a little bit about this um, Frankfurt player because, well, he's one of your compatriots for, for one thing. Yeah, it is. And um, he made his way into uh, the World Cup squad for Denmark. Uh, we didn't see a lot of him uh, during the World Cup. His Denmark only had the three games, and he, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't a, a regular starter. And I have to say that when he came on, uh, he didn't do a lot. That doesn't make him a, a, a bad player uh, because it, it's another level, isn't it? But he's done very well for Frankfurt. In fact, Frankfurt have done really well over the last couple of years. They've bought really well, and they've got a really young, energetic team, which he's one of them. Uh, he plays wide on the right. He's as quick as anything. Uh, again, 
it would be a bit like Cody Gakpo in terms of coming from A-League, coming into the Premier League. There is instant challenges, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and the tempo is one of them. The physical side is another one. Uh, so, yeah, potentially. W- would I think that he would be one of the guys we could bring in and be able to go into our start 11 and prove us? I'm not sure. Uh, but, but he is one of those that you will look at because he's quick, he's got a good football in brain, he scores goal, goals, and he's playing in he's playing in the top league, isn't it? So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I would almost go as far as to say that starting next season, he won't be at Frankfurt. Where? I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't know whether that'll be Liverpool or not. Isn't it? So, it is one of those players that yeah, I like him. There's a lot to like about him. Yeah, he's 22 as well, so there's time for him to, to kind of learn as well and to grow into the game, isn't there? And, and, and become something, I think... Something I've been talking about recently is that I think we're missing at the moment is um, the sort of squad players because there's always a lot of focus on us going out and buying, you know, the, the big signings like Cody Gappo, who we got maybe for less than we, we might have expected, and Darwin wasn't exactly a cheap player, was he? And when we're, you know, these are the headline signings, the marquee signings almost. But what I think we've kind of lost out on, and I don't know how easy it is to do, but you can't help to think, but think that there must be something in it, is is these other signings that can just help fill the squad. Because we've seen, recent weeks, we've been sort of embarrassed by, by Brighton, we've been worried by Wolves, we've we've been demolished by Brentford. And none of those are sort of talking about massive transfer budgets. And they've all got players in there, didn't cost a fortune, that have done a decent job for them. And I know, I know there's a difference playing for a club like that to a club like Liverpool. The expectations are totally different. But... You know, are we doing enough to to look for these players that you can kind of fill your squad up with? And that on a really good year, when everyone's fit, when everyone's well, when everyone's in full form, they might not even get a look in. But you know, it's you know, do we need to start investing more in those as well? And I think with players like this, whether would he come in and do a job like that? I don't know. But this to me is another side to what we need to look for. It's not just the big marquee signings. We need to have the players that when we go through one of these inevitable injury crises. Um, we've got people we can go back to and we can fall back on. So I think, obviously, because of the last five seasons, the best team to, or best club to compare ourselves to is Manchester City, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I think what you're referring to is, and these are the names, these are not the positions I'm saying we should buy, but if you look at the boy Gomez that Manchester City signed from, from Belgium yeah. uh, for 13 million, and he's more than capable of playing as a left-back, they signed a boy from Dortmund who wasn't even in the starting eleven, a Kanji, who's come in and playing almost every game as a centre-half. I, I assume it's that type of player, isn't it? There's yeah, no yeah. fanfare when you sign and nobody's up go wow, wow, wow. But mm-hmm. he slots in, they're well scouted, yeah. they fit in, they've got the qualities that require to play at Liverpool. And I think that's what you're after, isn't it? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Players between whatever, uh, you know, a couple of million up to, to 15, 18 million that, there isn't that instant pressure of can you go in and improve me, but you will still get your 15, 20 games a season. So I do, I do agree because sometimes for the last, almost all this season in fairness, and we've had a lot of injuries, and if we look at the bench and you go, the bench almost scares you, doesn't it? Uh, mm. Because you think, what, what do we do here? We've now yeah. got five substitutes, which is a great help, isn't it? But so far, we haven't been able to make the most of it. No. You know, where you, where you can, after 10 minutes, second half, you make three substitutions, you've still got two left, isn't it? You've got a strong squad, and you don't quite know who to put on, isn't it? You know, we, we almost find an excuse to put somebody on because we, I think we all know, and I think even Klopp knows, I'm just doing this for the sake of doing it, isn't it? You know, yeah. I've got no confidence that this player 
is the right player to put on in it. Not that he's not a good player, isn't it? But you 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 get a feeling for when you've got a strong bench, you get a feeling for because ninety percent of fans of Anfield when we've got a strong bench will go put him on, put him on, isn't yeah. it? But for the last three months we've all been going, we've got to make a change. And somebody goes, yeah, who should we put on? I don't yeah. know. Just put somebody on, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've I've done raws and we we talk after the match we do, we do a raw and then you know one of the questions Trevor would usually ask is what do I think of the team? And I look at the team and I look at the bench and I think well basically that's the eleven fit outfield players that we had the ten fit outfield players we had. There's maybe one on the bench that that you might have thought could come in. It, it tends to be the strongest team is actually the pretty much the only team that he's got and it's been such a problem and everyone was uh, complaining you know the sort of the clubs lower down the table usually were, were complaining that Liverpool were sort of pushing this idea of allowing for more subs and it suited teams like Liverpool more than it did them. And I don't think it suited Liverpool at all this season with, with all of these injuries. It's just been just been it's just been so difficult for Klopp. And you're right, I think when he brings a sub on, it's not so much thinking, is this going to change the game? It's more thinking I better bring him off because I'm going to need him in the next game as well. And I don't want to leave him on much longer. So it's more sort of resting players as well. And there's also another aspect which I've always found in football I mean, it kind of gets talked about a lot, but it must play. You know yourself, players are extremely competitive creatures. You know, and if you're playing in a particular position and you see a lad on the bench uh, that is then warming up that could play in your position, they must give, you know, it must give you a little bit of an incentive, a little bit of a reminder, a sort of metaphorical kick up the backside that if you're not playing at your best, that you better start playing at your best. Because if he comes on and does well, you might not get your place back. No, absolutely. And, and and whatever players say, and, you know, players have a lot of things to say while they're still active uh, in terms of, you know, I don't listen to the news, I don't read the newspapers, whatever. You read everything. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same when, when somebody warms up. You know when somebody's warming up to come on, yeah? You also yeah. know that as a player. You see somebody's warming up because it's part of the routine. And then you know when somebody's warming up to come on, isn't it? And yeah. if, if you're a centre midfield and a centre midfield player is warming up, isn't it? You, you try. Not that you've already... Not, that you haven't already tried, but you just see if you can get yourself going again. Is, mm. Have I got a little bit more? Is it just in case it's me, isn't it? So that's only natural, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. There is only there is only two substitutes we allow as a player. That's when you're injured, mm. or if they bring you up off for a bit of a, a round of applause, is it? because <laughs> you might have scored. You know, everything else is like, yeah, I've got a I've got a smile here to the cameras and go, I don't mind, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's two nil, three nil, one nil down, or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. don't fucking take me off. I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> don't, don't ever take me off. And to be fair, don't ever take. Even when you know run around, you're tired, and you've got nothing left, or whatever. Yeah, I know I'm tired. Don't, don't take. I don't want to cough. You know, I want to stay on. Yeah. So if you're injured or there's a little bit of a clap, you can liberalise them. But beyond that, you hate it absolutely. And I believe that as much as the players today have a much greater understanding of the squad game uh, and requirements and whatever, I still. There can't be a player that that I'm not sure. In, there can't be a player that's inside is fucking human when he gets taken off. You have no, to, you have to be. Yeah, it, you have to be in that. And that's it. I mean, I see this. The, quite often you get the um, the attempts maybe on social media, maybe in the media, um, a player gets taken off by Klopp, and because he doesn't come off sort of happy, smiling and high fiving and really looking happy that oh there might be a rift here. Oh, I think Klopp's upset that player. Oh, what does this mean? Is he falling out? No, he's just pissed off because he was—he yeah. still thought he had another 20 minutes in him and he thought he could get another goal or set another one up and you brought him off. He's disappointed. And I, I'd i be disappointed if they weren't disappointed coming off because that would tell me 
they've not got the fight in them. You know, I mean, obviously, you, you see them coming off all smiles when they have just had a great game and they have just had the clap, as you say. And they're getting the name sung as they're coming off. But if they, you know, if they feel they've still got more to offer, I, I see it with all of the players. I mean, Mo Salah's one who he must be the least moany player that we've got because he, you know, he hardly ever seems to complain. But you can see the disappointment in his face when he's when he's hauled off with time to go. And um, you could argue this season, though, that maybe he's deserved to be hauled off more more than ever as a Liverpool player because of how he's played. He's not been at his best. But that, that's, to me, it's again, back to what I was saying about motivation, what you were saying about half-time. It's just so important to get the players motivated. But I think competition motivates them. And I think if we can just start finding a way to get this squad beefed up a bit, and that might also mean that, sadly, um, there's probably a few players that, as much as we like them, and I, I hate the way sometimes people forget these are real people. You know, these are human beings. These are just like, you know, this could be one of your mates. They're just normal people who just happen to have dropped on to play for the best club in the world, like you did. But, you know, there's some of them who I think they kind of have to admit that they're getting too many injuries and they're not quite putting the, the good performances in that should. And maybe they're on good wages and, um, you know, maybe it's time to move them on. And maybe something we're doing a bit, a bit wrong is maybe not moving them on quick enough. Because I know in days gone by, you wouldn't really see a Liverpool player sort of go into decline as a Liverpool player, would you? They'd sort of already be gone by then. And I don't know, something tells me that we're kind of hanging on to answer some of the players just a little bit too much. And I don't want to name names because I don't think it's that fair. But you, you must, in your own mind, think of something that would apply to you too. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're looking at some of them, isn't it? And of course, the evidence is there, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you, you know, whether that's individual stats from a game that they no longer can do what they did two years ago. But of course, the biggest one is injuries, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And we see players who are missing more and more games. Uh, it's a terrible thing as, as, as a player, isn't it? But I always think that as a player, it's, it's three thirds. The first third is where you're a young player. Yeah. You can't get injured. The only injuries you, you get if somebody kicks you, whatever. There's no muscle injuries. You just enjoy it. And you're in the team. And the second third is that bit in the middle uh, where you get, a, you get a little bit vulnerable. Uh, and you're not a guaranteed starter. And then yeah. the last third is where you manage your career. And you manage that through to younger players being in the squad. You manage that through injuries, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, 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 and I guess some of the players we're talking about is now in that final third of their careers where you try and manage your career and try and get as many minutes as you can and whatever. It is. So it is very, very difficult. But just coming back to what we talked about before about being substituted and all them things. And I don't want to sound big-headed, but when I played... I always felt our best chance of winning the game was me playing well. Mm. You know, I always think that, yeah, great, we got John Barnes and Kenny, whatever, but if, if I play well, we got great. And even with 20 minutes to go and it's nil-nil and you want to do something and, and, and he's thinking of taking you off and you think, don't take me off because our yeah. best chance is me, me playing well, isn't it? And I just yeah. think that's natural, isn't it? That's not being big-headed. It's just like, no, leave me on. You know, I, I can do this, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. But yeah, the thing with, I mean, there is the flu you can look, look, look. So Liverpool were very good at it for 25 years when they were Bill Shankly with Bob Pace to Joe Fagan and, and, and Kenny in terms of you never saw the decline. Yeah. You just saw you just saw the player leave and you go, What we let him go for? Mm-hmm. And then the one thing that makes you forget about that player is that the next player is in place and is as good, if not better. So so that kind of rules that, isn't it? And then of course you've got Sir Alex up at at, at, at Old Trafford, isn't it being very good at how you go? But it's, mm-hmm. it's very difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult, and also because of the amount of information that you give the players, and also the understanding of the workload uh, that's required. I can sort of understand why Klopp goes, 
I think it's easier to hold on to this one. And I think it's easier to hold on to that one. The problem is that when you have injuries, then they get exposed because mm. all of a sudden they've been asked to play more minutes than, than what the plan was. You know, if you will never ever get a manager. But I guess if you sit down with Klopp and you go, what were the plans with whoever, Milner or whatever, or Soxlade-Chamberlain or Keita, uh, Timmy and whatever, what was the plans with them before the start of the season? And you would find that the plan wasn't for them to have the, the involvement that they've had. But that's no. been because of injuries, isn't it? And then you get exposed. And, and that's where, you know, if, if, if everything is well and you can sort of hide these players away and you can use them when it suits you, yeah, instead yeah. of when you have to, because we're using them when we have to, isn't it? Where sometimes you can have them go, stick them in now, isn't it? We'll be okay. Put them on now, isn't it? We'll be okay. So it, it, it is all tricky, isn't it? But, but you're right. We said before, players are only human, aren't they? You know? Yeah. In there, there's, 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 I find even when I meet players today, we're all more or less the same, aren't we? You know, we, we, we kind of want the same out of the game. I know people think it's, a, it's not about, it's about something else when you're the player. Mm. You know, it's about being able to play the game. It's about being able to cross that white line and play against some of the best teams, some of the best players in the world and be part of it and know when you belong and, you know, the roar of the crowd and whatever. Yeah, you don't wake up every morning and go, how much have I got in the bank? That's, exactly. You wake up every morning and you go, I can't wait to get to train, or I can't wait to play. Uh, I can't wait to play Brighton in the FA Cup. That that's what motivates you. That's what drives you. Yeah, I think that happens to anyone in any job. Though I mean, you, you might want money. It's not sorry. It's not what gets you through your day. So whatever kind of a job you do, and if it's if you're getting paid for it, you're not you're not getting through your day. Well, maybe you are thinking is the money that's what's getting me through the day. But that's not that's not how you're going to get through your day. You've got to you've got to deal with stuff that you do, and you've got to find other ways to get through your day because your money's not in your face there and then and for all the riches they're doing a dream job but it's still a job they've got to work hard for it's not something that just just falls at the feet they've they've been blessed obviously with talent to be able to get anywhere near the premier league but they still got to work hard to keep it going to maintain it to not not fall into the traps that maybe some of the money does or maybe the traps that get attracted to them because of the money you know with certain ways other people are with them but i don't think you were being big-headed either when you said you know you're the best chance of Liverpool winning if, if you stay on and you play well. Because another thing that we, we we all got to remember is that we can only do our own thing, can't we? We can only, you know, you can't make Kenny play better or, you know, you can't stop a goal, uh, the goalkeeper from making an error or whatever. You, you're in charge of what you do. You know, and I think that, that kind of attitude as well is something to hear about from players. But it wasn't, you know... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I think every every football fan, you know, as a kid, dreamt that one day they'd play for their team. I'm sure, but it wasn't 
because you thought, as you say, well, because then I can drive a fast car and I'll have this big house and, you know, I'll have all the, I can have all the jewellery I want or whatever else it might be that you're thinking of with material stuff. It's like you say, you want to be wearing that shirt, stood in front of that crowd at that, at Wembley in an FA Cup final or somewhere in, abroad in a European Cup final, you know, winning the the league and parading the trophy around Anfield or whatever club you support, that's, that's the dream. And it's not, a, you know, people quite often sort of say, you know, oh, he's rubbish, he's, he's getting paid too much, he shouldn't pay them. It doesn't matter what you pay them. I think that's more like the agent's kind of dealing with that anyway, isn't he? It's it's more about, I'm sure sort of a lot of players, if you ask them to go to a manager and they're having a conversation about a new contract, money's not the first thing on the mind of the player. I'm sure it's about how you're going to use me, how am I still going to get me plays, you know, what, you know, uh, how much football will I play? You know, it can't just be about money, surely. And I don't think it's even the first thing on a player's mind. No, I don't think it is at all. I mean, I, I know it was different in my, my time because of the money. I uh, compared to what the money is today, isn't it? But when, when your career is rocking, when you're rocking along, uh, you're part of it, you're enjoying it, you're winning, uh, then I, I guess towards the back end of your career, uh, and it's more like a, a defence mechanism, is that you can sometimes try and protect yourself if people go and you go, well, yeah, but I'm getting well paid, you know. And that's I think that's like a maybe when you're getting towards the end isn't it? and you even you know yourself uh yeah i can't and i can't anymore defend myself by saying i should be in whatever but i can defend myself by saying yeah well i'm getting well paid isn't it i'm quite happy blah blah isn't it? but that's your like your last resort isn't it mm. uh and that's I, as i said before i think that's just you defending yourself isn't it you know yeah. what i mean to try and to try and keep that criticism away a little bit isn't it? going well i'm still here and i'm getting paid well isn't it you know i'm doing a job i'm loving isn't it but you'd never hear a player who's at the top of his game talk like that because at that time it's something totally different. Isn't it? Motivated by money, you're motivated by money the, the, the day you negotiate your contract, isn't it? Because you want to get as much as, as you can. You want to get at least as much as the other players, isn't it? Yeah. Beyond that, beyond that, I don't think players think of new contracts until they get an agent who rings them up and go, listen, would you in? There's a new contract here. Until then the players, oh, okay, okay, let, let's get it sorted, isn't it? Uh, yeah, football is. It's it's a game. It's everything. Believe me, it's everything, isn't it? I mean, we we didn't we didn't live or breathe it for twenty four hours a day. They do today, isn't it? And believe me, the games are everything, isn't it? That's that's your stage, isn't it? It's it's like being a comedian, isn't it? That is your stage, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely everything. Some of our players are comedians at times, to be quite honest, though, aren't they lately? But uh, um, I think the other thing as well, when you say about the difference in money as well, I think in your day, you're thinking, I'm going to play till I'm sort of mid-30s, going to earn whatever money I earn, but then what am I going to do after that? There's no money going to be coming in as a player. So the money you were earning was almost like an advance on the money that you'd need after you finish playing. But now, again, with players, I think the amount of money we're talking about is just... They, they could kind of retire at 25 and probably never need to work again the, the amount of money they're getting it's not it's, it's sort of money that's hard for most people to imagine you know it's not um it's it's not it doesn't remotely come close to what a lot of people uh, have in their lives so it's it's just it's just a different world but of course to get to pay them that kind of money nowadays you've got to kind of got to pay them that because all the other clubs are paying them that you know that is still one of the factors that you've got competition i know when you spoke to trev Recently, you were saying that Jude Bellingham is not just going to be brought here because of what size paycheck he's going to get. There's going to be a lot of other factors into it, going into it. And I think, I think that's definitely the case. But still, you know, 
to be in the position to kind of at least be in the same sort of room as him when you're making these discussions, you've got to have some money coming in. And one thing that's worrying Liverpool fans now is about the takeover and whether there's going to be a takeover of the club. Will it be the kind of people we want? You know, and this conversation has been ongoing for a while now and whether, you know, is it going to be people who are going to come in and throw extra money into whatever Liverpool bring in? Just going to be people who are going to find ways to make more money for the club. But in a way, the kind of, what we're, what we're sort of asking for by asking for that is for more luxuries. You know, we're, we're still a team that's near the top. We're still, we're still able to compete. It's not looked like it this season, but take the injuries away. We're still able to sort of definitely compete at the top end of the table. But then there's clubs in the city and I think it's um it's like a different world almost what Everton are going through at the moment I mean they've kind of tried to match up with with wages and stuff they spent an absolutely crazy amount of money but there's talk now that it's been denied by them that they're up for sale but the the, the sale price is is something like 500 million according to the rumours which is a fraction of what Liverpool have been touted as being worth and Man United are even you know reportedly worth even more than that or the asking price is even more than that um at the moment, though, with Everton, it's more, you know, they might have to be sold because they might go under. And it's it's so easy for us to kind of forget that it's not that long ago, not that long ago that Liverpool were kind of in this place where, you know, never mind buying new players, are we even going to have a club? And, you know, you yourself will know plenty of Everton Everton fans and Everton, um, ex, ex Everton players because, of course, when you played, they were our competition. They were our rivals, not just sort of local rivals in the old derby rivalry way, but... They were actually the people who were taking league titles away from us and things. And how you, how you know, but have you heard anything more about this takeover? And are you sort of thinking the same as me that you know, the way the club's focusing on a manager isn't really the way to deal with the problems. There's much more problems than just picking a different manager every time it goes wrong. So I mean, you mentioned Everton in the mid '80s. I mean, how amazing was that mm. to have your competition on your doorstep? Yeah, it, 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 honestly, it was it was truly amazing. I mean, I absolutely loved it, isn't it? You know, to have it on your doorstep, and and it was a proper rivalry, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it was nothing between the two teams, isn't it? Um, so we're talking about Everton and a potential takeover. Yeah, yeah, just you know, it's it feels like the the, the club's in turmoil, isn't it? You know, yeah. And, it, and you I know, think it's easy for us can, I think one week. I mean, I know we've got to be careful here, isn't it? But. I think the chairman will come out in the last 24 hours and trying to deny that the club is for sale. And he says, I can finish the job myself, but I'd rather have some help. Yeah. I don't think he can finish the job himself. I'm not convinced that the undertaking of the new ground uh, and also to keep uh, the football club up to a level or standard, which they're falling below at the moment, that, that, that he's got enough money to do that. I, I, I don't believe that. Uh, so I think that he would be desperate to either sell it 100% or at least to get some investment, isn't it? And I think they're desperate for that. And it is it is a good point, Jim, isn't it? I know a lot of Evertonians and they didn't really want Frank to go because they don't think Frank is their main, their main problem. You think of the run they've been having and they still don't think the manager is the re- real problem. You've got big problems in having you. You know, because yeah. they lost eight of the last nine and they won one or 15, I think, or 14. You've got big problems in it, but they don't still don't think that's their biggest problems. So you've got big, big problems. I know Carragher said on Monday night football, isn't he? He feels that it's it's a poorly run football club. Mm. I don't think he's he's a million miles off the mark there. It, it just appears to be a mess. Mm. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does. I mean, I mean, obviously we're outside of it all. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but there's just so many points as to to things just not being run the way they could be running. Um, 
you know, we, we 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 do have a laugh about Everton. You know, they are our local rivals and everything else, and we do have a laugh about them. But you know, bottom line is that I would love to have that rivalry back that we had in the eighties. I'd love to have that where where your mate who's an Evertonian and you are actually genuinely arguing about who's going to win the league and who deserves to win the league and all the rest of it. But there's such a long way away from that now. It just seems, you know, it seems a shame. And I think as much as we laugh about it, I don't think any Liverpool fan really wants them to go away because we'd miss the derby, we'd miss the laughs. And, you know, quite often, you know, I do it myself, you think of an Evertonian that you actually get on well with and you think you don't want to see them have their team relegated. You know, it's all well and good on a derby day you know, having the so-called bragging rights afterwards. But it's such a such a fundamental change to, to see them go down. But I think this is one of the other issues in football at the moment is that there's just these sort of massive disparities because I think Everton's saviour would be someone coming in with the kind of money that Manchester City and Newcastle get their hands on, but that's not likely to happen. Um, but then, you know, back to where we are in Liverpool and, you know, we're sort of thinking, well, we're not quite as bad as Everton, anywhere near as bad as them at the moment. But then still, do we need to get a takeover? Do we need to be in the same sort of financial arena as Newcastle and Man City? Or is that just going to be, you know, do we? What did Liverpool want to be associated with that kind of money? Uh, I, I think the majority of the fans, and, and, and obviously in it, you, you've got, I'm not saying that the fans who live in the city are bigger fans than, than people who live elsewhere, uh, but you do live it differently the closer mm-hmm. you are to the to, to, to the action. And it's not just the games, is it? But when you live in the city, you're closer to everything, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, so so you will view it uh, differently. And I do think that the majority of Liverpool fans living in the city uh, would not want the club to be anywhere near that mm-hmm. money you're talking about. Uh, I think in an ideal world, we, we would want to do it differently. Uh, the one thing that worries me is that, and I think, as I said before, long-term planning, we're pretty good at long-term planning, and, and I think the owners have got an idea where this game is going. Uh, as much as we thought the financial fair play would take care of a lot, it doesn't appear to. Hmm. Uh, everybody finds hope, loopholes here, there and everywhere. So I think they've looked at it and gone, this is maybe more uh, than what we want to undertake on our own. Yeah. And I think that's the reason that they've gone out and made certainly percentage of the club available, if not everything, depending on the prices. And they've gone, this, we need some help. Uh, we need someone to invest some money into the club for strengthening of the squad. Simply, we, 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 you know, they've, they've undertook a lot already. The, the brand new main stand, and we now got the Anfield Road, and we got the training ground, whatever. Isn't it? Yeah. I think it's just filled with the money that's required to feed the beast, which yeah. is the team, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think they need help. I think as well. Um, another another example going from days gone by is when Arsenal had the new stadium built. For years, they didn't really seem to spend any money on players, and Arsene Wenger kind of claimed, "Well, the money's there if we want it. We just don't want anyone." But you feel. He was always just kind of give the right, giving the right line out, you know, to sort of show a united front from the club that, you know, we don't want to spend money. But in in hindsight, it looks like they just didn't have any money. They were paying for this stadium. You know, any spare money they had was going paying the bills to get that new stadium. But now, finally, it's paying off. And I think this is something else that people do forget. To fund the, ma- the amazing work that's been done to Anfield, I mean, it looks so much bigger. People forget. I mean, you talk about living living the game. If you If you're living in Liverpool... Um, and you think back to how how much how different that ground looked, how much smaller it was. There's, there's, I've got photos on my phone. I was looking at before of the um, main stand being rebuilt, and how much it dwarfed the existing main stand. And it's the same at the Anfield Road end. You know, it's the, they're making it so much bigger. It's not cheap, and it makes such a difference. So many more people can actually come and see us play, but it costs money. And again, it's that long-term thing, isn't it? Because it's all well and good having 
the best stadium, but in the end, you've got to have the best place to play in it. And I still think we can, but I do worry that if um, we took the wrong money, that it would it would just it would change the game for us. There's something about this club, and I hope if it if it ever looks likely that we um, we show more of the fighting spirit that we've shown down the years as a club, and we make sure things are put right. But maybe it shouldn't just be us fighting it. Maybe it's time more of us from different fans of different clubs got together and started to fight these things and start to say enough's enough. You know, we want financial fair play. We want Play, you know, want people to be able to go the game and afford to go and all the rest of it. It's, um, it's all very well and exciting, but it's such a it's such an expensive game at the moment for everyone. So maybe maybe there's a lot of fighting to be done, but let's let's hope for it. But of course, talking about that takes us. I think it's worth us maybe sort of looking ahead now again to the football, and um, it feels like there's a bit of a mirror thing going on here because next couple of games, Brighton and Wolves, who I'm sure we've just played recently, but it's the FA Cup next. Now, I think I, I might have said this to you before. When I was when I was growing up, Bob Paisley was the manager, and for years and years we never won the FA Cup. Um, I kind of don't remember us winning it in '74. I was pretty young, and by the time we next won it, Kenny was the manager. So I wasn't that mad about the FA Cup, but I've kind of grown to love it since then. I would say grown to like it a lot. But it's a bit of a dilemma. Do we play against Brighton, who who demolished our best team recently? Do we play our best team, or do we do? what we did against Wolves in the replay where we put a less than so-called best team out and actually show some fight and, and, you know, risk less embarrassment and actually come through with a win. Is it, is it, is it going to be a first choice team this weekend? Would you put a first choice team in or would you, would you give more of the young players and the fringe players a chance? I I don't really know where we're at at the moment with the team uh, in in terms of who he at the moment looks, they might be our strongest 11, Uh, Mm. but just go back to the FA Cup. When I grew up in the in the late sixties, in the seventies, it was the only game I remember from every year. You yeah. know, when I look back, I don't remember the World Cup, but I remember all the FA Cup finals. So mm. it was quite a big deal. Now, when we did this show last Wednesday before the Chelsea game, having just beaten Wolves in the FA Cup, where we made so many changes, and I thought we'd revert back to, you know, the players that club, the players who've been there for a long time. I thought we'd revert back to them for Chelsea. But when I heard the press conference on a Friday. I realised, no, no, he, he's going to do something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think that the lineup against Chelsea was a little bit of a surprise. You know, I don't think we've quite seen that come uh, with, with, a, with a number of changes, isn't it? Uh, so, what what is our what is our team for for, for this Brighton game? Mm-hmm. Uh, will he look at the game and think it's another game to give some of the youngsters a bit more experience, or? Is it a game to rest them and get them ready for the Wolves in the, in, in the Premier League? So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really, really difficult. Uh, I think this. I think Jurgen saw things in the Brentford and and, and Brighton away games, and he's thinking we we, we can't make those mistakes again. No. Uh, certain mistakes in, in 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 our makeup, in our lineup, and in the way that we approach the games, isn't it? So I think he wants to avoid that, and, and I think we saw that at Chelsea it was. Not that easy to spot, isn't it? But <coughs> yeah, we, we we dropped deep, but we were more compact, isn't it? It was about not being able to come through the lines as quick as they have been in the past, isn't it? So yeah, I, I really, I really don't know, Jim, what what, what kind of lineup we can we can produce uh, because I, yeah, I, I still think the FA Cup is, but I think the big one is on the horizon, isn't it? Twenty first of Feb, Real Madrid, of course. Isn't it? yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I, and have we been given a little bit of a help? Yeah, we probably have with Real Madrid. 
they've hit a bit of a brick wall, haven't they? You know, they're not playing particularly well at the moment. So maybe club is even thinking, well, you know, what do I need to get myself ready for here? Is it is it is it the Champions League? So yeah, yeah I, it wouldn't surprise me if we see changes from the team we played against Chelsea for the Brighton game, and then if we see changes again from the Brighton FA Cup game in leading into the uh, to the to, to the Wolves game. Uh, so club gets the two games to have a look to form a clear idea of how we take on Real Madrid. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, in a way, I suppose it is. It, it, you can treat what the games we've got between now and then, because we've got the derby as well before that. Treat treat them as as, as warm ups, as sort of trials almost for all the players. Because um, you know, as much as I was saying before that you could almost pick Liverpool's first eleven because it's, there's eleven expected players who are fit, and then the subs are all players you wouldn't expect to normally be in the starting lineup. I think you know, I think we saw enough in that Wolves replay. And we plays that have come in other places. So there, there are some players that maybe are knocking on that door just that little bit. Um, whether that's because the players they're knocking on the door aren't playing as well as they should, or whether that's because actually, they are good, is, is is another another question for another day. But you, you alluded to it there then against Chelsea that you know it seems that we 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 played that in a different way to our usual game, and um, it felt at times this season like everyone had finally worked out what it is that Liverpool do. And how to break it, you know, they, they, they'd hacked us, basically. They'd worked out how to get through us. And the only way to stop them hacking us every game was to change our ways. Do you think um, Do you think this is this is the sign of things to come, this new way of playing? Is it is it just a short-term thing till we find a feat? Or um, is this what it is being football? It's always about evolving and finding new ways and, you know, basically trying to be one step ahead of everyone else rather than letting them be one step in front of you. Well, no, it's, it, it, it's absolutely about being one step ahead of the game, isn't it? But... I'm I'm kind of torn a little bit because I don't want Jurgen Klopp to be our manager unless he can be Jurgen Klopp. Mm. You know, do do I want Jurgen Klopp to be? I'm absolutely no doubt that he is tactically aware, uh, but but I know from time to time people accuse him of being naive. He's not naive. No. It's how he wants to play. You know, and he and he plays football with with, with a lot of risk, isn't it? So yeah. I I don't want Jurgen Klopp to be our manager. If, if 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 we're going to ask him to do things that doesn't sit well with him, mm. you know he wants to play football. We even saw that against Chelsea, isn't he? You know, with the last couple of minutes of first half, fans are getting frustrated. They yeah. look and they're going, "This is not how we play," you mm. know. And 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 we've come we we've come to expect to play in a certain ways. And so, but I do understand for the short spell uh, that you might just have to rein things in, and also to give some of the players who are coming in. To, to fight for their chance, that you also give them a chance. You don't just yeah. stick them into something that's blatantly not working, yeah? Uh, yeah. And that's why when, when we played Brighton the other week in the league, and I said to Trev, I don't like the game, uh, because I thought we'd go to Brighton and go toe-to-toe with them, and I thought they'd play through us. I don't think we'll do that this week. No. So I'm a lot more hopeful for the game, because I think we'll do we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, approach that game in a different way, isn't it? Uh, so I understand that if Klopp does it for a little bit, but I, I don't want Klopp to change. I want Klopp to be Klopp. You yeah. know. He's not looked himself, has he, lately either, though? I mean, we said this recently on podcast, and he looks... Um, it's just He just hasn't been his animated self. He's just been sort of stood there, sort of half-smiling, not really... You know, look, almost looking stunned like a rabbit in the headlights at times. It's really sort of caught him off guard. But then, again, I think I saw in that Chelsea game, he was starting to show show himself again a bit more. You saw a bit more of that animated stuff, and... 
Um, I mean, you don't always see this either when you when you're watching on TV. Sadly, you don't always see some of the stuff that goes on. I mean, they they like to get the cameras on Klopp because he is a bit of entertainment. But you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't stop, does he? He's forever watching and and looking for ways to deal with things. He's forever talking to the to the officials. You know, when things aren't quite going our way, and um, I just can't imagine a, a permanently quiet Klopp. It just wouldn't be him. And you're right, you don't want him to be our manager to be like that. Something I've said for years and. And years and years and years, and I mean, it's kind of worked out that way at times, is I don't want us to be a team that plays boring football all the time, that scrapes 1-0 wins and gets sort of great reputations of having this great park, you know, parking the bus type of football. I want us to be entertaining, you know. it's Yeah, you want to win games, you want to win trophies, you want to win all of that, and it's possible to do that. But be all and end all. The reason we go the game is we want to be entertained. And I'd say for the vast majority of the time Jurgen Klopp's been manager, that's what we've had every single game, even when we've not won. It's been entertaining. There's been so much to talk about, so many good moments and so many good memories. And just feels like the times we've forgotten that. And maybe, maybe, maybe we, this is, as we've said before, the time to start turning things around. And I think another thing I've said a few times about Jürgen, sorry if you can hear that, um, and a few things I've said about Jürgen is that he learns from his mistakes. He, he sees things that have gone wrong and he finds ways to put them right. And I think the way we played against Wolves at home, then the way we played against them away, we changed. We sort of worked out what we'd done wrong. That's my hope against Brighton in the FA Cup, that we've learned what we did wrong, maybe. Yeah. But I, I, first of all, the way that the club plays generally, I, I want Liverpool to be a representation of the city, the way that yeah. the city is, isn't it? You yeah. know, and this, the, the, the city is a lively city full of noise, you know, full of good humour, isn't it? Uh, and full of people that want to be entertained. Yeah. And, and that's as simple as that, isn't it? And you want your, your football club to mirror that. And I think Liverpool Football Club have understood that over the years. You know, the, the punters who come to watch us, this is what they want, isn't it? So let, let's yeah. let's do that. But I, I agree. Uh, I, I think we, we would have learned from the 3-0 defeat at, at Brighton uh, when we go there on Sunday. Even if you learn against Brighton, it's still a difficult game because they're a very, very good team, isn't it? But I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a tight game. I'm not promising it's going to be an entertaining game. I think we'll do what we can. Uh, but I think Klopp will look at that and go, I wouldn't mind. Let's get to into the, uh, to what would then be the fifth round of the FA Cup, isn't it? Then you just never know. Yeah, yeah. By the time you get to the fifth round, it starts to feel like Wembley's in tight, isn't it? It starts to feel like there's, there's a good chance here that something's going to happen. It's um, kind of usually your third and your fourth rounds when you're playing against these. Um, plucky underdogs um i'm not sure who the underdog is on saturday at the moment to be honest i mean you'd like you know everyone will probably be trying to be say it's brighton but i'm not so sure um maybe maybe it's time that we were the underdog just for that one game and showed what we can do but it's 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 um and i think before when i was saying i wasn't mad on the fa cup it was more i think that whenever it got to may and we weren't involved all you heard about all week was the build-up to the FA Cup final. All you heard about all day was the FA Cup. It used to be on both TV channels and, you know, just about every programme that was on TV was somehow FA Cup related. It was so massive. And I think it's lost some of that. I think it's a shame that it has, but it's kind of lost. It has lost a lot of that in recent times. It's maybe um, just the way football's gone, because back then we only had three channels or four channels on the TV. You know, and if two of them are showing the match, then you can't really avoid it. But now... You know, a lot of these games tend to be tucked away, but, you know, on, on sort of satellite paid TV and things. So, you know, it kind of takes some of that away, but it, it can't take it away when you're there, when you're at Wembley. And 
I think that'll be one one of my my biggest worries is that if we play a weakened team, it looks like we don't really care about the FA Cup. But we're the holders. I think we do care about it. We we went out the Carabao Cup because we had a team that had just come back from the World Cup or hadn't. You know, they, they, we just come back from that break. We were just we only just lost it, and we went out. And the team that beat us went out in the next round anyway. It's it's just it's just important not to not to sort of downplay the domestic trophies. I know some do, but you know yourself what is it like around uh, around the city in the run up to the cup final? It's yeah. it's it's just massive. It's magic, isn't it? I mean the FA Cup, but it's it's right. I mean, it, in years gone by, the, the FA Cup would would, would take up a lot more time. Uh, now it takes up time when it's here. So on mm. Sunday, this will be a massive game, isn't it? But yeah. leading up to Friday, Saturday, you can easily talk your way out of and go, never mind, I'm looking forward to the Wolves game, I'm looking forward to the Real Madrid game or whatever, isn't it? So the FA Cup now is only big bang when it's on, isn't it? Apart from that, we don't spend an awful lot of time. Uh, but I do think we'll take it reasonably seriously. I think we'll put on a strong team uh, because it's 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 another week before we play Wolves and then we don't play Everton on Monday, isn't it? So yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's going to be plenty of time, whatever he wants to do, isn't it? No, I, as I said before, I, I was pretty strong and I didn't like the game last time in it, but this time I'm pretty strong that I actually, there's things I like and I think it'll be tight. Yeah, the other thing I think I've said, I've mentioned this a couple of times now as well recently, is that it's interesting how Graham Potter, I mean, it's kind of the opposite to what we were saying about Frank Lampard at Everton, that Graham Potter got so much of the credit for what went on at Brighton, yet there's clearly a team of people at Brighton who are doing work that are making Brighton into such a strong team. And obviously Potter's had a little bit of a struggle at Chelsea since he's gone there. I'm sure he'll find his feet eventually. Worse, worse luck for us. But at Brighton, you know, they've, they've changed manager and it's almost like carry on as if nothing's happened. And, you know, that that's, that's something that I think maybe as well, but without going on too much about it now, is that something that... In my view, that could be something that's happening at Liverpool as well. You know, we're having these problems and maybe it's because, you know, the focus is on the manager, but the things that's changed have been more behind the scenes in all these other roles that, that give the manager all the tools he needs to do his job well. That's something I think we need to look at as well, but doesn't get as much of a mention in the mainstream media, in the press, because the focus is always on the manager and the players he's brought in or not brought in. What well, wasn't the same thing that happened at Liverpool years and years ago, Jim? We had a club that worked. And yeah. you can go right away through to, to Bill Shankly, Bob Paisley, Joe Fagan and Kenny. Uh, and that's just looking at the managers. But if mm-hmm. you look at everything in behind, uh, how that worked, uh, and I'm in- including the chairman, Sir John Smith and Peter Robinson and Tom Saunders and everybody else who worked there. And when you look what happened in the early 90s, when a lot of these people left, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and things were never the same again. Uh, so I do firmly believe that they got a formula at Brighton that works. Yeah. They've got a, a scouting system that works uh, because you can't sign as many. I mean, look at the Japanese boy they've got at the moment, Mitomo, who's, you know, you go, wow, where do you get these players from? You've got the 18 year old Irish boy, Ferguson, uh, Caicedo, uh, who's now been valued at maybe 75 million, whatever. They do a really good job, isn't it? So, yes, the managers are always important. Uh, but if, if, if it works in behind the scenes. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked 
and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Uh, it's half the battle, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking as well, Like we, I think I've said this before as well, I feel like we've, we've spoken so much about writing recently, that's why. But, you know, a few years ago, Liverpool's um, sort of school for players was Southampton, so maybe we need to just start using Brighton as our little school. But before that, though, before we start doing that, we've got to play him, we've got to try and beat him. So do you fancy um, putting a prediction out there for Saturday? So you don't I, know I the team, we, but what do you think the no, team is going to go? I, I, th- I, think, I think we'll be in the fifth round. Uh, I think we'll go through. Uh, as I said before, I, I mean, they've been pretty free-scoring. Uh, the new boys going to Serbia, he's done a really good job. And he seems to be getting even more out of the mission. So they've been pretty free-scoring, isn't it? Uh, so I think we know that's a challenge. And I think we will be able to read how they come to their chances. Uh, and I think we'll be able to shut that down. So I don't expect many goals. They could easily go to extra time and, and penalties. So my only prediction is that I think will be in the fifth round. That sounds funny because two weeks ago, you know, uh, I just didn't. But I, I just thought that we would go to, to Brighton and play our normal game. And we won't do this this time. We will be prepared. Yeah, I think yeah. a couple of weeks ago, someone had said, do you think we'll win both games? You might have said no, but we'll win the league game. We'll go out the cup or something. But I think, you know, we, we, it feels like we've got to. We've got to do this. We've got to start showing. And, you know, if history repeats itself, we will. We'll start showing what we can do again. We'll remember and we'll do it. I mean, we'll worry about the fifth round when we get to it. But I, I agree. I'm feeling confident as well. I'm looking forward to it. Are you actually going to be going to the game? Are you covering it for, for anyone? Or is this a, a week off for you? Well, it's almost a week off. Uh, we're doing this on a Thursday night. I'm at Manchester City Arsenal in the FA Cup on a Friday night. Right. That's the only game I'll be covering uh, this this weekend. But also, I also think with, if, if we go to Wolves next Saturday in the league and draw, it's not a great result, is it? No. But if we go to Brighton this weekend and draw and take it into extra time and win on penalties, it's a great result, isn't it? So I always think that that's mm. always in your favour, isn't it? Because as much as we're not playing as well as we would like, it still takes a lot to beat big clubs, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and it still takes a lot to beat Liverpool, you know, as much as we talk about the Chelsea game, but we didn't lose, did we? So it's still it's still going to no. take a lot for Brighton to beat us, isn't it? So yeah. so we've, we've got the win and the draw on our side, isn't it? And I think that might just be the deciding factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as well, I think as Liverpool fans, we do it far too often. Um, I do it all the time. I look back on the game and I think we lost it, but we actually drew. But, you know, a draw feels like a defeat for us. But in the FA Cup, you can't, you know, it's got to be decided one way or another, whether there's a replay. I can't remember if they've got replays this year in the fourth round, but at the most... No, there's, won, no, there's no, no replay, replay in the third and fourth round, no. Right, so penal- extra time, penalties, whatever, It's it's got to be decided. And I think I'm sure it'll be decided our way. Jan, it's been great sitting in for Trev tonight. Really glad to catch up with you again. Um, sorry about to put up with me, but I'm sure Trev will be back soon. And I'm sure you will be as well. So thanks a lot for tonight. Yeah, no problem, Jim. Always good to see you and keep up the good work on the other podcast as well. And uh, also to the uh, listeners. Yeah. Keep the, keep the faith. Keep the faith.
yeah, keep listening. There's loads of stuff on this channel. There's loads of people who all want the best for this club. So keep listening, keep watching, keep supporting the Reds. And this show will be back soon. But for now, see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.